welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We're on episode number 77. I am back with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? A lot. A lot. <laughs> um, uh, first off, R.I.P. Craig Mack and Stephen Hawking. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That, that happened. Um... I'm I'm trying to think of where to start. It's been it, it's been two weeks, right? Because it, it's been a lot has gone on in the world <laughs> since the last time we recorded. Um, yeah, big big RP just to add on, big RP to, to Craig Mack. Uh, remember for like a while we went without hearing him, and then he came back on that special delivery remix, and it was awesome. I, I learned a little bit about him um, after he died. Apparently. There's an episode of UMTV Raps that comes out like right after his first album came out. Hmm. Like this, this is around the time it went gold. Uh, what was that Project Funk the World? And he was there with Diddy. And um, <clears throat> so apparently his second album was done. Like like it, the first album was gold already, and they had recorded the second album. But Diddy was upset the album only went gold, and didn't go like platinum. So he froze Mac's uh, second album and did get released for like three years. Wow. So, <laughs> so, so basically after Biggie died. But didn't, because I, I, I thought I read this somewhere. Did, didn't his first one eventually go platinum? Uh, No. Uh, Flavor in Your Ear went platinum. Okay. All right. I knew, because I knew he, he, he he's in Bad Boys History books, like, because he was like their. He was the first guy they signed. Yeah, he was the very first guy they signed. But and he was like, yeah, the first one who ever had a platinum record over there. But the, the funny thing is, like, Diddy's on the show hyping up Craig Mack's, like, follow-up album. And you can see Craig Mack just in the back side of him because he knows that the album got froze. <laughs> and they're not going to drop it. Diddy, oh, Diddy. Diddy, oh, Diddy. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's the entertainment business for you. I've always had, like, a, a bad vibe from diddy like i didn't really like like him back in the day either even though like he i'm not gonna lie he did a lot of songs that i liked but like it was just something about him i always was kind of like i don't know about this guy man he's Dude, dancing he's in people's sh- videos too much he's, he's just, shady as fuck yeah yeah uh, like there, there's a reason like a lot of people think he's responsible for tupac dying oh boy but yeah R.I.P. to craig mack if you guys you know Go, go go back and listen to you know flavor in your ear. Definitely listen to his verse on specially special delivery remix. That opening line is like one of my favorite lines ever. Um, yeah, our our peak track Matt. Um, man, what else has happened since we recorded? Um, oh, so wrestling fans, you'll get a kick out of this. What do you know about the fabulous Moolah? 
Um, I've heard the name rings a bell, but I, like I can't put a face to it. So she was like the women's champion on and off for like twenty, thirty years, back before like the WWE had a real women's division. They would just kind of like call her up to defend her title every once in a while, like the WWE. Let me Google her. I know I know who this is. Fabulous. But um, the WWE announced a uh, a, a women's battle royale tournament, like they have for um, Andre the Giant at WrestleMania for uh, for you know for the ladies. Um, so Mula was not a good person, not at all. Um. She was basically a sex trafficker. Wow. Yeah, so, like, anytime there was new women coming up, they were sent to go train with, like, Mula on the ranch. She would basically drug them up and, like, whore them out to promoters. But, like, the, the, there's a story of her sending, like, this 16-year-old to go get her pictures taken by this creepy old man in his, like, 40s, some wrestling promoter in the South. Um, naked. Mind you, so like she was not like, and, and these stories are widely known by all wrestling fans. So, yeah, I see. Uh, I googled her name and like literally the whole first page <laughs> is articles of people saying like why she shouldn't be on it. Yeah, so the WWE knows that people know about this. They did, apparently did not give a fuck, so they just start. They just stuck with the name, but enough fans reached out to Snickers. Who got the WWE to back down from calling it the Fabulous Mula Invitational Tournament or whatever? So, you know, if you if you're gonna direct your outrage at anybody, direct it at the um, you know, the advertisers. Yeah, you hit the pockets, you get the job done. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do vaguely remember her though. I vaguely remember her. But oh uh, yeah, they they got her out of here. So that, that that was a funny story for me. Jesus, WWE continues to be carny sport in the most blatant ways possible. Um, <laughs> I didn't even realize it like back when I used to watch it, but like they they did a lot of like just stuff by today's standards that like there's no way. They could have gotten away with a lot of the stuff they used to do now, like the in-ring stuff or the backstage stuff. Because th- everything, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> everything. A lot of that. The Godfather. There's no way you could do that in 2018. I mean, he still shows up from time to time with like some like 27 year old on his arm. <laughs> like the, the, there was a skit with him and like Mark Henry from like last year, where they're literally just talking in the back. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, Godfather. Did Vince dropped the end bomb on somebody? Yeah. Didn't he? I saw, yeah. John Cena. I think you showed me that. Yeah, it was, I think, I think it was John Cena. <laughs> um, dude, like, do you, do you remember uh, when Sergeant Slaughter was an Iran or like an Iranian sympathizer? No, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, it was like him and Hulk Hogan. Go, uh, fighting over like America's honor or some shit. Jesus Christ! They had they had to do the terrorist dude from the early two thousands. What? <laughs> who, who was actually like an Italian man? Oh man! Yeah. 
Yeah, Vince, Vince is wild. Vince is wild. Vince, uh, it, wrestling is caricature. It's like everybody in it is not a real person. They're a caricature. But like Vince's version of caricatures are like, I don't know, like 1950s cartoon. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like those racist Disney cartoons that people forget existed. But yeah, ooh. Good, good old wrestling. Um, yeah, I don't really know where to start either. Like, even outside of MMA, I feel like just there's been a lot going on in the world. Um, shoot, Infinity Wars just broke Black Panther's record, pre-sale record in six hours. I'm, I, I'm going to say that's probably in large part because of Black Panther. Probably. Definitely helps. I mean, since we've been gone, Black Panther's crossed the billion-dollar threshold. Right. It's been now, as of today, for like a month and two days. Not, so it, no, so it'd be it's been out for like thirty days, and I've seen people say like they've been going to theaters, and it's like the shows are still sold out. It was number one this past weekend, twenty eight million dollars. Man, killing them. Marvel is balling right now. <laughs> Disney, right? Disney is just making money hand over fist. Right, it is. Jesus Christ! But I'm I'm good. I'm definitely going to see Infinity Wars. I haven't got my tickets yet. They went on sale Friday. For anybody who's listening, if you guys don't know, um, they did go on sale on Friday. I'll be getting mine this Friday when I get paid. See, I'm not gonna make the same mistake I made last time. I'm gonna go Monday in the morning, but I'm not gonna go when the kids are out from school. Good choice. See, luckily the theater that I go to, it's not like a popular theater. So like, even when new movies come out, I don't have to like. It's not really crowded. Yeah. Like I go to the theater that nobody cares about. See, I don't have that luxury because this is suburbia. Uh, oh, so you're already by the... Yeah. <laughs> you're already by the popular one. Uh, if any, in any direction from where I'm standing right now, there are one million people. And they know where all the movie theaters are. Oh. I see somebody. I got, I got a few options. Got a few options. But, um... I guess, uh, you know what, I'm going to give this shout out now. I was going to save this till the end, but I'm, I want to do this now because I got to promote, promote my peoples. So um, anybody, if you're in the Atlantic City area uh, on Saturday, March 24th, and you got your evening free, you're trying to figure out something to do, uh, CFFC will be holding an MMA event at the, what is this, the Borgata Hotel and Spa yep. in Atlantic City. Uh, doors open at five. First bell at six. Um, I'm not sure how much the tickets are, but you can get them at cagetix.com. That's C-A-G-E-T-I-X.com and purchase tickets. Uh, so this will be an MMA event. Um, friend of mine, Scott Noble, will be fighting Solomon Renford. Uh, I'm not sure where where his fight is at on the card, but um, yeah, man, if you want to enjoy some MMA, you're in Atlantic City. Go see that card. Go root for Scott Noble. Uh, still got to buy my homie's uh, shirt. He sent me a PayPal link. I just need to cough up my $20 <laughs> so I can buy his shirt. But uh, that's going down at the Borgata Hotel and Spa, Saturday, March 24th. So, And I think also, um, he told me, that I think this event will be streaming online. Uh, yeah, um, gofightlive.tv, I think. Is it, okay, yeah, because he told me he would send me the link when he figured out what it was. But, um... Yeah, man. I will definitely be watching this. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be working that day, so I won't be able to go. But, um, 
Yeah, and my man Atlantic City. Um, support my homie. Kurt Pellegrino's promotion, I think. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it was at one point. I'm not sure if it still is. So, uh, shout out to CFFC. Shout out to Scott Noble. We in there. Um, so I guess we'll just go on to uh, notes and news and the MMA and fight world that have happened these last two weeks. Uh, let me scroll up on my little notepad. Uh, so a few fights, uh, big ones going down. Uh, it's been officially announced. Uh, Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker. Uh, I don't have what card that's going to be on, but <laughs> that fight is uh, officially announced now, so that will be a thing. Uh, quick note, did, did you listen to, I know you're not a, the biggest Rogan fan, but did you listen to his, him and Rogan's podcast? Nope. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. He has a very, like, his, his, um, I guess you could just say upbringing, like, really just wild <laughs> upbringing, and he, he talked about a lot, like, the, the Cuban national team, and how, like, you train with a lot of the guys that you're going to end up fighting because you all just live together in this one place. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it, was, it was wild. It's, 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 a really, it's a really good podcast to listen to um, if you're a Romero fan. It's, it's definitely give you, like, a better appreciation of, like, how much work he had to put in before he got to where he is now. And you get to see his first professional fight in which he had no training. <laughs> he completely washed the dude that he fought. Um, is it the one where he ankle picked the dude and just beat the crap out of him? He he slammed him a couple times. Uh, like <laughs> he 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 sent that dude airborne a couple times, and like yeah, that that guy did not win any of those problems. But um yeah, that was a, it was a pretty good podcast. But that fight is official. Um, Andre Arlovski and Tai Tuivasa will also be going down. Sorry for a lot of these fights that don't have what events they're on, but just know that they're official. That's two twenty five. 225. Yeah. All right. So we got uh, Darren Till is going to headline UFC Liverpool. He does not have an opponent yet. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of names being thrown out there. People have been calling him out. Um, I've seen Kobe Covington, uh, Leon Edwards, who we'll get to later. Um, I saw Jorge Masvidal's name thrown out there. So we'll see who ends up getting that match. But uh, we do know officially that Till will be headlining. Um, other fights, Mackenzie Dern will be coming back, uh, on, at UFC 224 against, uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper, um, Dominic Reyes will be fighting Jared Cannonier at UFC, uh, UFC Fight Night 129, shout out to Reyes, somebody at 205 worth keeping an eye on, uh, also on that same card, Enrique Briones versus Frankie Sainz, um, John Lineker and, uh, Brian Kelleher, that should be an awesome fight. Um, do do oh, over, oh, last UFC note, uh, not a fight announcement, but Marco Polo Reyes, uh, has been informed of a potential USADA violation, whatever that is, <laughs> but, it's always weird, like, they, I can't remember their explanation for it, but, like, the, that they warn people for potential violations, like, you can't just tra- test it first and see, like, what's going right. on. <laughs> I don't know so, if it's so he doesn't accept a fight in the meantime or what or that's what I was wondering. So if you get flagged for like a potential, is, is it like you're just kind of frozen? I, like you just I think that's it. That's that's kind of fucked. 
Yeah, USADA, USADA's just, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> I, I get what USADA's trying to do, but the, the execution of it is just kind of, I don't know, it, it seems very disorganized. But either way, he's flagged of something he potentially did. Uh, we'll figure out whatever that means at a later date. Um, over in one championship, uh, Angela Lee, who uh, I'm assuming, guess, is fully recovered from the car crash that she got in. And she will be rematching May Yamaguchi. And May, I don't have the exact date, but it's going down in May. Um, that should be an awesome fight. Um, I would argue that that first match is like probably one of like one of my favorite fights ever <laughs> that I've ever watched. Um, definitely a fight of the year candidate. I think that was in 2016. Yes. Um, so, yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, definitely give that fight a watch. That was a really, really awesome fight. So, definitely looking forward to the rematch. And uh, in boxing, Vasil Lomachenko versus uh, Jorge Linares is going down May 12th. I think that's in Madison Square Garden. And these last two fights... Uh, um, I don't even know which one to start. All right, let's let's uh, let's start with Bellator. <laughs> I mean, are they both in Bellator? Are oh yeah, I guess yeah, I guess they would be. Um, all right, first fight. Uh, Benson Henderson. Hey, Roger Welton. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, uh, hey, 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 Roger Welton's on a two-fight winning streak. Uh, That's true. Benderson Henderson arguably hasn't won a fight or should not have won a fight since coming to Bellator. This is also true. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ah, uh, I I had some. Oh, this is, and this fight is going down April 6th. Um, oh. in Budapest, Hungary. This is a late replacement fight, by the way. Just because uh, what's his face got hurt. That uh the. The, the kid, the guy. Um, Gallagher? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. But, um... Yeah, th- this fight. I... <laughs> are, are you saying you're not hyped? Uh, That's the vibe this, I'm getting. This is one of those fights that I'm going to watch... I don't want to watch it, but like, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big uh, Bendo fan, so just via being a fan and feeling the obligation to support, um, I'm gonna watch this fight. And no no shade to Roger Welch, so it's not like I, it's not like I, like I dislike him or anything, but just I'm I'm a really big Bendo fan. <laughs> His career as of late has not been going <laughs> as well as as one would hope. Um, I just have this fear in the back of my head that somehow Roger Wertz is just going to blast him and I'm going to leave with my feelings hurt. Um, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a lot to say about this fight other than I'm just going to watch it with one eye probably closed and just pray pray, pray for the best. Um, how, how are you feeling about this matchup? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's gonna happen. It doesn't really matter how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, while it's not 100% clear, uh, Puerta seems to be in a bad place in his life. Uh, or at least a transitional place where he's sleeping on his strength and conditioning coach's couch. Um, so yeah, I'm happy he gets the opportunity. He's betting it all on this one. He's, he's a one-fight deal. Um, I mean, I, I don't... Benson Henderson tends to fight down enough to his opponent where, like, I can see him maybe outworking Hendo, uh, Bendo if he can't, like, um, like if, if Benson just comes in and just does whatever, which is kind of what he's done his last, like, four fights. But at the same time, he, Bendo's losing to, like, a and uh, Michael Chandler and Andre Korshkov and I don't think Wertz has any of those qualities left in him that make him that special yeah. athletically anyway um no no Benson has to get a real win in the Bellator eventually right right <laughs> like a solid definitive like no questions asked you definitely won that fight exactly so Maybe this is it. This optimistic thinking. Maybe this could be the start. You know, this could be the win that rebuilds some confidence, gets him back in the right place. But um, I, I, th- we'll I thought you were about to say maybe this gets Roger Ware to like back into like the UFC. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it can, who knows, man? That. that at, at this in this day and age in MMA, I'm not surprised by anything. If if, if Wertz is somehow like flatline Bendo, and he popped up on a UFC card like a month later, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, his last his last one was Hader Hassan, but that was by uh, DQ. Yeah, a win a win is a win. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 see how that fight goes down. I got. You know, I got till April to get my mind right to watch that. Uh, and this last fight, which isn't uh, official, yes. but I guess there are rumblings in the air. Um, actually, I'll, I'll let you break this one since I I didn't even know until you mentioned it to me that this was even potentially a thing that was going to happen. Old Man Fight Club. Um, we we're gonna we're we're targeting Vanderlei Silva, Rampage Jackson four. And I'm here for this. <laughs> but look, okay. Okay. So, MMA is down. There is no question that the sport is currently boom and bust. We're currently in the bust period. Bellator cannot contend with the UFC with going after prospects, building them up, and making them into TV draws. So you know what you do? You make the fights. You you make the circus fights. Yeah. And th- you make the fights that people want to see. Ten years maybe ago, maybe they don't want to see, but they'll watch them anyway. These these are fights people wanted to see ten years ago, and Scott Coker can be the man who was like, "I brought you these finally." <laughs> and let's be real, nobody does not want to see Rampage versus Want Vanderlei Four. We all want to see it. Even if you won't admit it. You want to see it. 
And, uh, and if these men are uh, going to continue the fight, it might as well be against each other. I do live for a good train wreck. <laughs> I, I'm all about chaos and train wrecks. And um, I mean, is this really any worse than Fedor versus Frank Mir? And that one is no, for, it, that one's for a shot at a shot at a shot at the title. Right. <laughs> this one's just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's worth noting that Vanderlei wants to put uh do it in Brazil. I, I think they might want to do the fight in Brazil, but um he wants to do it in a soccer stadium, which would be hilarious. I mean, hey, if 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 Coker and company can pull that off, that I guess I'm I'm for it. I mean Guys, everybody out there, if you can't tune in for Primus Chandler, Mickey Lawrence, or like Caldwell versus Higo, you can't complain when they make these types of fights. <laughs> this is this is the result of when you don't support when you when you don't give them your viewership to like the legit contenders and you know all that good stuff we can, yeah, we we get, can we head get. over the bloody elbow and mma fighting and mma junkie and like we'll see which one gets the more click gets more clicks which one grabs the headlines rampage yeah. silver four or um you know caldwell versus ego i guess uh, i guess at least with rampage silver regardless of how i feel about uh old, old men killing each other you you know this fight is gonna end in violence. It's gonna be old man violence. I mean, it'll, it's it could violence nonetheless. It, could, it just could be old man hugging by the end of it because they're so tired. Uh, they're just using each other to prop each other up while they're winging punches. I'll take that. Like I'll I'll take that gladly. For, 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 between those two at at this age. If the, if all I get is just some brawl with no technique and people just throwing, I'll take that at this point. I'm not even mad. What's sad is if this fight happens, it will. It's gonna headline, and the co-main is gonna be between two people who are probably like really legit. I mean, and I, I said they just go full on freak show and, and put um, who was it? Hold on, hold on. Gracie versus Valley of uh, Valid. Ismail. Uh, Ismail? Is yeah, Ismail. Because they're they're beefing in the news recently. So, huh? I say make that fight. Make it just. I would say. Well, they they their pay per views haven't been doing well. <laughs> I was gonna say just just do a whole pay per view of just freak fights like. Make, Have Gracie and Shamrock run it back. Uh, Gracie and Sakuraba. Liddell, Tito. Like, put Sakuraba against, like, Kron. Kron, Gracie. Has he fought lately? Where's Kron been? I feel like I've ever heard him a little bit. Doing jujitsu things on the beach. I don't know. Nah. Uh. Oh, that was another piece of news I, I forgot. So you just uh, isn't Gary Tonin fighting? Oh right, he's fighting. Uh, isn't he fighting like in the very next one card? Yeah, he yeah he got signed recently. I just I don't know who he's fighting, but I know he's he's coming up some he's coming up sometime pretty soon. Now you want to say this weekend? Which will definitely be uh definitely be interesting to see how uh, his first MMA fight goes. Uh, uh, Gary, yeah, he's fighting this weekend in the co-main event. 
of oh, one Iron Will. All right. First fight in the in one, and you get the co-main. Mm. We'll see, though. Like, dude, dude's jujitsu is pretty legit. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how that goes. But, um, yeah, Bellator, I guess at this point, 2018, um, if we're not going to seriously build up prospects, let's, let's just make fun fights that... I mean, yeah. fun is a fun is a very specific word. Uh, well, we'll just say yeah. We'll just say circus. They're they're spectacles. No one has fun at the circus, but <laughs> everyone has fun at the circus, man. <laughs> but um, before we before we get started uh on the ufc card uh just real quick this podcast can be listened to on youtube soundcloud google play itunes your itunes please rate and subscribe um leave a review send emails to dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com uh and real quick shout outs to uh some of the listeners cities that i see on the stats uh holding number one mountain view california coming in at number two charlestown indiana uh, coming at number three, we um, forgive me for b- probably butchering your city, Ilford, UK. Um, what was it? Il- Ilford, UK. Ilford. Like L L F O R D. I don't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You you guys in UK. Shout out to you guys. You're all awesome. <laughs> uh, coming in at number four, we got Barsock, France, and at number five, Boardman, Oregon. Uh, number six. Cairo, Egypt, and rounding out number seven, Centerville, Maryland. So shout out to all of those cities. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Every time, would appreciate if you, every time you say Egypt, I feel bad because I call them like the theater league for like one FC. Because <laughs> that's like back when one championship got started. Uh, that's where they all the like B sides from. <laughs> this woman is a national kickboxing champion in Egypt. Hey, they're listening to you. Hey, hey, <laughs> they, they know it's true. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but shout out to you guys uh, for listening. Send in some questions, man. I want to get some questions on this show. If you're listening, Dodo Talk Podcast at Yahoo dot com. Send send in a question that we can answer and make fun of you for. Um, or just a question in general. We might not make fun of you. Or we might. I don't know. I'll try my um, damnedest. <laughs> but um, yeah. Shout, shout out to you guys for listening. Uh, so I guess we'll just uh we'll just get on to it. UFC Fight Night 127, Doom versus Volkov went down yesterday in London. Uh, just went down on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, this is the first time of. Well, not not the first time. Um, actually, you know what? I think this is the first UFC event I've watched on Fight Pass since I've had it. Um, I think this is the first one they run in a minute. Yeah. Since, like, Poland? Because, yeah, I didn't get Fight Pass until, like, last month. But, you know what? It was, it was actually pretty awesome watching this card on Fight Pass. Because I didn't have to worry about my stream freezing. Um, I did enjoy the fact that it started early, even though I missed some of the prelims. Uh, didn't get to catch him in real time, so I was at work. But like main card started at five. The card ended at a very reasonable time. Um, felt like the event went on pretty smooth. So shout out to UFC Fight Pass. You guys have been 
uh, take a 9.99 out of my pocket a month, and I haven't had the urge to cancel yet. So, <laughs> shout out, shout out to y'all. But um, we'll just uh, run this one from the top. Alexander Volkov, Fabricio Verdum, main event. Um, I'll say off off top. Thank God Volkov won this fight. I was I was ecstatic that <laughs> Volkov won this fight. To be completely honest, um, I, I just wanted I just wanted to see a new face that was under 40 years old. Um, I was a fan of Volkov and Bellator, and to be honest, he's done a lot better in the UFC than I thought he would. Um, Same. Yeah, like he he's definitely exceeded expectations. I mean, like he was pretty good in Bellator, but mm. like there were. Uh, I mean, he was okay. Yeah. He was alright. Do, do you remember his fight with Richard Hale for the Bellator heavyweight title? There are some fights I tend to forget. That, that, that was. Um, I mean, it, it, it was god awful, but it was still in like the fifth worst Bellator heavy uh, Bellator championship fight ever he's he's had some he's had some performances and some losses that i feel like were just kind of like yeah but I, I was still like excited when the ufc signed him just because he was a new heavyweight but i mean since he's been in the ufc he has not lost a fight yet um and i mean and to his credit i mean for for the competition that's available they've been giving him like slightly better competition each time and he's been Handling business. He's been been winning. <laughs> um, and whether the fights are sloppy or he, he might not start off winning, he, he finds a way to, to to close these fights out, and that's kind of what he did here. Um, I I was when I rewatched this fight, it was <laughs> I was almost confused about Werdum because I mean basically the way the fight went kind of. Kind of the way I, I thought it would, but I, the the ending did surprise me a bit. Um, we're doom, of course, shooting a lot of single legs, getting takedowns, trying to work the jiu-jitsu. Um, I think I thought Volkov did a really good job of, you know, albeit he was he spent a lot of this fight on the ground, but he managed to get himself out of bad situations, get himself back to the feet a few times. Like he he avoided enough danger. He did get I think pretty tired out from the grappling, but. He was keeping himself out out of like imminent danger in this fight, even though I, I thought he was starting to fall behind. Um, but he was doing good on the feet. Uh, that uppercut seemed to be money. Um, I, I want to say it was the third round where they had like a quick flurry, and he just busted Redoom's eye. <laughs> like he just busted this man's eye up. Like it, it was bad. His eye looked like it was not too far from closing. Um, and then Fabricio started, like, pulling guard and going for Volkov's legs, and I don't know, maybe it was just me. I thought Radum was, I mean, not comfortably winning, but, like, I thought as long as he kept working for those takedowns, like, even though he wasn't doing a ton of damage, he was at least controlling, that he could have won, like, a probably, like, a pretty sloppy decision, but a decision nonetheless. And that last flurry just confused me because <laughs> I don't know if maybe Volkov just did. Maybe he was surprised at how good Volkov was just defending on the ground and able to like avoid just being submitted. Because it just seemed like that, that last flurry that Werdum did 
that's a flurry that I would see from somebody who's like losing a fight and they know that they just need to go all out because, you know, round's about to end, I'm losing, I need to pull a comeback. Mm-hmm. It, it just almost seemed like he threw himself in unnecessary danger that he didn't need to. And <laughs> for his troubles, he got cracked with, uh, I thought he ate a right or left, he got cracked with the uppercut, and then he got punched out and <laughs> so he just couldn't get up anymore. But yeah, that last flurry just kind of confused me. I mean, good on Volkov. He in in the brief moments that Volkov would have on the feet, he was able to capitalize and get a lot of good strikes off. Um, I just thought Werdum would just continue to just try to take him down and just it, or at least I don't know wear him out against the cage, just neutralize the striking, which he was doing some of the fight. But that last flurry, I was just like, I don't get why he just kind of went haywire like that. Like you didn't need to throw yourself and that kind of danger in the fight that you probably could have won. But um, I'm, I'm still happy it went the way it went. <laughs> I wanted desperately for Volkov to win this fight. He he capitalized on an opportunity that was given to him. He cracked crack with Doom, got him out of there, gets the win. He's now, what, 5-0 in the UFC. And I would imagine after this probably sets himself up for a pretty big fight after beating the former champ. So... Great on Volkov for hanging around in the fight, um, even when the fight wasn't going his way. Um, but I don't know. I, I just feel like Redoom's. I, I just feel like the last three was questionable. Like you, you didn't, you didn't need to do that, and you, you ended up paying for it. But um, good, good, good performance by Volkov. I was in, impressed that he he got out of adversity and, you know, found his way to to finish the fight, which I, I thought was really important. So. So what you were saying about Verdum just kind of throwing with Volkov at the end there, dude looked way rounder than he did like even six months ago when he was submitting. Uh, what the fuck, uh, dude? Why? Har- Har- Harrison, the other dude, because he took another fight on short notice against like a low level opponent. Just, oh, uh, Tabora. Tabora, there we go. Was that it? Yep. Right. But um, yeah, no. Uh, not it, it was this fight like it, it didn't seem like not a real fight. It was very heavyweightish. <laughs> like even beyond that, it was just kind of surreal. Like real, like there were parts where they were moving like so slowly, it felt like it was choreographed. <laughs> but okay. but yeah, like he looked way round. Uh, Verdun looked way rounder than he normally does. Like there's a dude who seemingly over like the past couple of years has prided himself with coming in like in real, like really good shape, being able to go 25 minutes. Um, yeah, he, he's easily the best grappler at heavyweight ever. Um, yeah, it, we haven't seen much of that in terms of like the fights where he's forced to go long distances where he can't just like take somebody's back and submit them and he almost did a couple times here um he did a nice little back take to uh in the second round where he literally just dropped underneath him and kicked out his legs and just uh swung around to um Volkov's back but dude looked tired he did like even like after that first takedown in the uh, first round like he he managed to tr- get the trip on this uh, on the second one, 
but like uh, the sh- it, that was kind of more of a testament to Volkov not being uh, being so damn tall, where he has to reach all the way down to block the single. Like Verdum kind of just like casually strolled into the single, and then like took his time to wrap his leg or uh, wrap the leg from uh, the trip the leg from the inside. Um, it's it, it, it yeah th- like this was equal parts like Volkov being a better striker a more damaging striker and like I think Fatum is just really old uh, he just finally feels it yeah because he he was gassed that like he was gassed after the first it, and the first round which he like he clearly won yeah and he could win the second and third or at least the second but like. The man was tired, yeah. which is not something we're used to seeing out of Verdum at this, which is really weird because like he's forty, going up against guys who are like twenty eight, thirty, thirty two, and just casually beating them for twenty five minutes. All right. Uh, Actually, yeah. Now I think about it, like this doesn't even look like the same guy who like got Walt Harris out of there like with the quickness. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there. Yeah, he looked a bit. A bit sluggish, like <laughs> it was. It was in the third round, like not too long before the finish. Um, there was a moment where they were both, <laughs> they were both on the ground. Volkov is in Werdum's guard, and they're literally just holding hands and just looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, Volkov like gazed into his eyes. It was really awkward and weird. And like Volkov looks at the ref. I guess he's just looking for the stand up. It was such a weird moment in that fight. Um, and Volkov, like, <laughs> there's a dude who went, like, those three rounds with uh, Struve were, like, really fast-paced, and he, while well, he did tire, I don't think he really slowed down much. Like, but here, like, I'm not sure if he was, like, afraid of the takedown or, or like, the like you said, the grappling really just tired him out, but they, there were just parts of this fight where he just looked like he was on autopilot. Yeah. That's why I was I was kind of surprised he even had the energy to finish that flurry because it, I thought he was just gonna let his hands loose a lot more. But yeah, I guess he probably was afraid of the takedown because Werdum was just he was getting those single legs. Um, and, and that nice little um, what are those called? Like the baseball sweep or baseball bat sweep? Or like he just went under his leg and got and leg, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did the yeah, like, especially like I think it was for like the second and third. He he did those a couple times. Yeah, and then that and, that's what ends up. With him, that's how he ended up back on the feet in the fourth round. Volkov finally had enough of it, just stood up out of it. But yeah, this this it was a this was a heavyweight fight. So this, so this <laughs> makes you feel more or less confident about um, about Volkov's chances against Stipe. I mean, because I, I I don't think he stops that takedown. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't know Volkov. Like I said, in, in the UFC, he's just he's been a weird case because like he's <clears throat> he's overperformed, but at the same time, I still don't I don't know how to judge like where, like where's his ceiling? Like who's the guy that's gonna just get him out of here? Right, because. Yeah, like some fights, like you said, in the Strew fight, real competitive fight, but a fight where he was just in go mode the entire time. And then you get this fight, and it's like, he looks like somebody completely different. But I guess the good thing, I'll 
take from this performance, albeit like it wasn't his best outing. Uh, I always look at guys who can get out of bad situations and fights that they're losing and find a way to win. Um, so, I mean, he's got that going for him. But, yeah, against a guy like Stipe, I, I think if Stipe gets you down, he's not going to be so forgiving. Because, um, I mean, at least with Redoom, he's taking you down. He's most likely just trying to search for a limb or choke you out. Um, if Stipe gets on top of you, he's just going to pound your face in. I mean, Verdum, <laughs> Verdum had the, the nice little um, shoot-a-box shoot style uh, ground-a-pound going where he was just choking Volkov with the one hand and then punching him with the other, <laughs> which I didn't realize was illegal. But it should be legal. It's hilarious. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. The sport has no more rules. Exactly. Nobody will. <laughs> rules are just everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Volkov beats Stipe. Like, I don't even know how Volkov does against like, like a, a Derek Lewis or. I, I don't I think know. He could beat Derek Lewis. I, I think he could, but I don't know if like he would. Like, I is is he's it's weird. Like he 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 overperformed, but sometimes I'm still like I just I'm still not sure. But either way, the the man is undefeated. Um, three three years ago, this man was getting beaten by Czech Congo. Czech Congo, <laughs> and Tony Johnson Jr. Right. <laughs> That's why. Like, I don't know, man. Since he got signed to the UFC, man, he must have just flicked the switch or something. What's these, because what's with these tall, <clears throat> like rangy European dudes and Russian dudes coming in and just like laying waste to the um, <laughs> to the tops of two hundred five and. Heavyweight, it's really weird. It's upsetting. This is like when the this is like when the Klitschko's like took over. Oh, uh, it's it's working. Whatever he's doing, <clears throat> it's it's working. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see where he he goes next. I mean, they they've steadily been giving him better competition, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what he he gets next. I, I I'm not ready to see him get a title shot yet. I think I would like to see one more, maybe. But then, I don't know, heavyweight is such slim pickings that, like you said, you, you win a couple. You're almost, like, forced to <laughs> to get a title. Right. Do, do you um, keep them on, like, reserve in case, like, DC gets hurt? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. Because, I mean, if you look at the top of heavyweight, you got Ngannou, who, you know, he, you know, yeah. still coming off the loss. Who's probably, uh, probably going to face Lewis. Pretty soon, right? So, yeah, he'll, he'll probably eat Lewis because Lewis definitely wants that fight. Blades and, and Overeem are locked up, and Redoom was three, he just beat him. Um, I don't think anyone cares to see uh, Mark Hunt and and uh Volkov, so yeah, I, I wouldn't mind if they just kind of keep him in the wing. If DC, if that fight falls apart, you can plug him in there. Um, I mean, I really like other there's really nobody in the top 10 for him to like fight because they're all either. Coming off of losses, or in the case of Redoom, like he beat him already, so it's like, do you give him what Arvlaski? Arvlaski is fighting to Ifasa. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. Volkov is kind of in this weird spot where he might just, uh, unless he just takes a fight from somebody just ranked lower than him, just for the sake of like keeping himself busy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who you. Who you give him to? You might just want to keep him in the wing just in case, um, unless he's willing to be like an Ngannou comeback fight. 
uh, which if I'm him, I don't know if you want to do that, but <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll see. Either way, whatever his next fight. Why is Junior is... Albini number twelve? <laughs> I don't know. It's the power of the diaper. <laughs> the power of the diaper keeps you keep keeps you in high favor. But um. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with Volkov. But either way, man, I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Just regardless of how his performances have went, can you stop? He's 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 undefeated. That's how I start with dog. Very good. <laughs> he's undefeated. Um, new new blood at heavyweight, which is a, a great thing. Uh, I I can't emphasize that enough. Um, anybody new at 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 heavyweight who can make some waves. Um, I'm I'm all for, especially if they're on the on the younger side. So shout out to Volkov, man. You you got Verdum out of there. Um, got through some adversity. Got a, a finish, which is always impressive. So shout shout outs to Volkov, mm-hmm. man. Good. Uh, not 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 the greatest main event fight, but ended in emphatic fashion, and gave us some new blood to you know potentially look forward to in in a future title shot, maybe sometime in the near future. So. Shoutouts to Volkov. Uh, co-main event. Jan Blahowicz. If I'm saying that right. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Manua. This is a rematch. Mm. That was weird. I don't remember the first fight. It's nothing to remember. Right. Just the, uh, Manua won the fight. It was like a torn LCL or something. And it was really just him marching down Blahowicz. It was a lot like this fight, actually. Where like he was marching down Blahowicz, but Blahowicz wasn't throwing anything. So like Manuel was just winning by by virtue of marching him down and like occasionally landing a big punch. Well, yeah, this fight went kind of similar with the marching down, but his marching down did not work <laughs> as well as it did in that first fight. Um, I was really impressed with Jan in this fight. Um, Manuel was a scary dude. It's a guy who when he he throws a punch. Uh, your life is in imminent danger. <laughs> um, Jan did a really good job, I thought, of just like keeping Manoa at the end of that jab, being in like the perfect range to where like he can counter and get a shot off. And then when Manoa throws back, he's just like not not there, or he's just like he's just out of distance. And then the times where like Manoa would tag him. He would like clinch on the fit. He would clinch on the fence. Um, I think at one point he did get a takedown. Um, it was really interesting to see like when they would throw combinations. Like Jan just seemed to be a bit quicker to the punch. Um, his combination seemed to be cleaner. The uppercut was. I feel like the uppercut is like a reoccurring theme in this card. Uh, his uppercut <laughs> was was money. He uh, there was it. He dropped Manu in the first. I think. Um, Caught him with a really, with a really nice flurry in the first. Um, yeah, I thought Jan just did a really good job. Like I said, he was he was sticking that jab out constantly, catching Manuel with the jab. Manuel had moments like he did land a really good head kick. I think that was in the, it was the second or third. Uh, right? Second. Um, but yeah, the really good head kick. But Jan uh, recovered from that. I just thought he fought like a, just a really smart fight. Like he managed to not. Get in too much danger. I mean, he, he did definitely you fight in Manoa, so you're going to eat a few hard shots. But he, he did a good job of, while he was getting marched down, he was still getting off offense. 
and like he was still like he was clearly winning the fight like he was really quick to the punch like I said in the times when they had the combination exchanges he was definitely I thought getting the better of them you you could tell via man with face <laughs> which was pretty bloodied up um yeah I, I was really in, in, in impressed with Jan in this fight he he did a this he, he did a really good job he just he did a really good job I, I really like what I saw and I mean and, and side note I, I guess on him it wasn't too I'm gonna say I was surprised that he won I didn't think it would look this good but at the same time it's almost not surprising because if you remember in the, the the Gus fight albeit he lost that fight he was tagging Gus oh, a few he was times beating the crap out fight. of Gus on the feet. yeah he was he was giving Gus some work so I, I feel like he brought a lot of that to this fight and it, it definitely worked for him so um yeah, shout out to Jan, but this is a really impressive performance. Yeah, this is like the first um light heavyweight fight in a long time that hasn't had Gus DC or Jones in it. That feels like a light heavyweight fight between two top fighters, like top ten fighters. Right. Um, like this is obviously the best version of Blaovich we've ever seen. Um, it, which is weird because when he got to the UFC, he was basically like a grappling jujitsu guy who couldn't submit people. Like he wasn't a particularly good boxer. We didn't find out he had a, um, a great switch kick um, until he knocked out Irley Latifi with it. Um, what is this, like a three-fight winning streak for him now? I think so. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's moving on up. Did, did, he, like you said, he did a great job of like uh, reading Manoa. Um that's the thing. Like, Manoa only fights at like one speed, and it doesn't matter. Uh, like the the old baseball analogy, it doesn't matter if you throw a hundred miles an hour. If it's the only thing you show, people are going to time it and hit it. And it's the same thing in fighting. Like Manoa doesn't have a jab. He doesn't throw anything off speed. He doesn't really change rhythms very much. Like he'll walk you down. He'll throw the left hook. He'll throw the right hand, or you know. Or or the head kick they actually did end up landing, but it wasn't enough for him to uh, put him away. Um, and the thing is, Manwood did the best with what he what he had. Like he Back realized going that, that uh, print sensation. Tom Zukunwa when, has. Uh, whenever Bobovich would like was circling out, he would circle out to hit uh, Manwood's right. So what he what he started to do is he would show the left hook and throw the overhand right. Knowing that uh, Bavich would circle out that in you know the direction of the overhand right and would actually um, was actually leaning back a bit, like he would take that step back and then you know throw his uh, throw his head back, but uh, you know it wasn't enough for it, it wasn't enough for him to land anything solid on. Um, just like beautiful work with the uppercut, like really just like every time. Well, not every time, but like, I want to say the sequence that dropped him was off an uppercut, or was that, or am I confusing that with the Volkov fight? No, there was an uppercut in there. Yeah, it was definitely an uppercut in there. And it like just really good uh, reading on like because that that would happen whenever Mano would crouch or get caught up over get caught over his feet throwing that hook. So he would throw the hook. Uh, this would just come underneath with the uppercut. It was really like, clean stuff. He's a really clean boxer. It's off the back foot, that which is really surprising. 
Um, I, I, I don't think he's like, uh, well, he's probably knocking on the, you know, the door for a title shot. Um, but like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if he has what it takes to be champion, but like, he's, a, he is a solid top five ish light heavyweight. <laughs> is it time to feed him the Glover? I mean, he could probably beat Glover. But, like, in all honesty, like, the Glover Tatero's boxing is basically deteriorated and is basically just, like, a wrestling machine who, from what I remember, kind of, besides Kandanir, he like, his his best wrestling is done when you kick at him. So, I could see Blavich taking this, even knocking out Glover, because Glover seems to be, like, Jenny these days, like a, a strong gust of wind could knock him over. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm down for that fight. I feel like that's that's the passing of the torch. Take take out the old man. As much as I love Glover, but um, yeah, that was that was a really awesome performance from from Jan. Um, three in a row, which at light heavyweight, <laughs> pretty much means like title shot. Or you're close. You're you're in the conversation at least. Um, yeah, what what is top five at light heavyweight looking at looking like? It's, it's Gus, uh, Vulcan, Glover, Manoa, and Ilya Latifi. He fought Latifi already. Yeah, he right? knocked him out. Body kick. Uh, um, I don't know. Do him and hold on. Did he, didn't he fight Vulcan? Mm. Or is he not? Is they, he fought Osamir already. No, I don't think it's not in the UFC. I don't know if they fought in like some regional show in KSW or KSW or something. I don't know. I wouldn't be mad at that fight. What is that? I mean, two hundred five is slim pickings. You know, we get on a win streak, you just kind of thrust it up there. Um. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad if he if he got Go. that fight. But uh, we'll see how that how Go. that goes. But either way, very 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 impressive performance from Jan. Um, I guess we'll move on to the next fight. Tom Dukenwah, Terry on where? I feel bad for Terry on man. Like I didn't even realize it until this fight. But like <laughs> the way they've done his matchmaking, they just give him all of the like top prospects. And I mean, to his credit, he holds his own against them. But it's like man, he just he doesn't get any easy outings. Like, they they've been giving him just like the top young guys, and he's just just got to go in there and try to make it work. Yeah. Um. So they they give him Tom Duke and why um I was really looking forward to this fight though because I knew these would be two guys who would stand who would just throw. Um, I was actually kind of surprised this fight went to decision. I thought one of these two dudes was just gonna finish each other, but um, got three rounds of just <laughs> them kind of just just kind of going at it. Um. I really like Duke and Waz, like combinations and how he would end a lot of his sequences with that leg kick. Um, that seemed to be a reoccurring theme. Uh, I thought uh, Terion did a good job of like just kind of pressuring uh, Duke and Waz. Like he was constantly in his face, walking him down, even while he was getting hit. Um, I thought he did good early, earlier in the fight. I, I think even towards the latter um, with body shots that I, I thought kind of looked like they were kind of paying dividends towards like the third round. Um, 
yeah, man, just two dudes who were just really going, going back and forth. Um, I thought Duke and Wild would would get a finish in this because it seemed like he was landing a lot. I don't know if Ware just has a really good chin, <laughs> or he's never been knocked yeah. out. Yeah, like right. he he ate some shots and like it didn't even seem like he was really phased. Like, do you, do you remember uh, just kind of the Ware fight with Luke Sanders, where like Sanders just beat the crap out of him for five rounds and. Right, and he just yeah. he just survived. The man is tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. This this dude, and that that's why like I, I feel bad that he lost because like I I want to see him fight again. I don't want to see him get released or cut because like they just he gets like the toughest matchups, and he just seems to fall short. And it's like he he makes these competitive fights. Like this fight was really competitive. Like I said, as much as you know, Duke and Wall was throwing combinations. He was getting off that leg kick a lot. As much as Duke and Wall was doing that, I mean, Ware was equally in his face uh, with pressure. I'm pretty sure he landed some uppercuts in his fight. Like I said, I feel like uppercuts were like a reoccurring theme in this card. Um, but yeah, Duke and Wall just kind of just, he edged out the decision. Um, really, really competitive fight. Uh, lived up to what I thought it would be, even though, like I said, I, I thought it would have ended in a finish. Um, but they ended up going all three, but still... Highly competitive. If if you like striking, this this will be a, a fun fight for you to watch. Two guys just just kind of throwing. Um, I do wonder though with this, and it's not that I when Duke and Wild first came over to the UFC, I didn't like you know think he would be champ or anything. I just I feel like he'll be a guy just he's gonna consistently put on fun fights. And he'll be the guy that when he comes on the card, you just you know you're gonna get violence. But I was trying to just like judge his ceiling based off of this fight. But I'm not sure like where it is yet. Um, like it, 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 to me, it kind of just looks like Duke and Wap really needs to be like uh like the more what you call it like he he needs some sort of advantage to like. When his when his fights like an athletic advantage or something like that, which he had here, but he he kind of needs the other guy to will. Um, like that's what happened with Cody Stamen. Like he beat Cody Stamen up for like a round or two, but Stamen never went away. I did, and by the time it was over, like, you know, he he ends up losing a split decision. So. Yep. So. Um, and while Ware doesn't have the athleticism or the wrestling game or like you know the um the just straight up physicality of Stamen, uh, he does. He is an incredibly durable dude who will continue the fight for three rounds no matter what you put in front of him. So when uh, when Ware refused to back down, he he just the openings in Duke and Law's game that. Are pretty um, what's the word? Noticeable, like obvious. Were he was able to exploit those even more. Um, so I, I think Duke Wall just he's he's not he's not a guy who has a plan B. He expects to go out there and be able to have his way with his opponent and get them out of there in the same way every single time. And that's just not the case at this level. Um, like. You you can't rely on guys just 
giving you the the pathway to victory. You have to make it. Um, and if somebody had said they gave Ware the last two rounds and that he should have won the fight, like I'm not gonna, you know, disagree with them. Like there's a strong argument for Ware winning this fight. Yeah, like it was it was close because he you could argue he definitely he controlled pretty much most of the fight. Yeah, like he was the guy who was pushing all the action and Duke and Wild was like kind of playing the outside a bit more. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's I I hope to see Terry on back. I'm, I'm a Terion fan, so I, I want to see him back. Um, I, I believe he can hang around in the UFC. He can be a guy who can put on some fun fights. Um, but, boy, his matchmaking has not treated him. <laughs> but this is what he was brought in for. He, he He's the prospect tester. Yeah. That, that was his role on the um, the regional scene. That was his role in the UFC. Uh, I hope to see him back. Uh, I hope, hope, hope he gets a, a fourth shot. Like I said, I don't, I don't even know how cutting works in the UFC now. Yeah, they they cut you when they feel like it. Right. <laughs> so we we might realistically see him back. And I mean, it was a good performance from him. So I feel like he's earned the the, the right to run run another one back. Um, but as for Duke and Wa, uh, gets another win under his belt. Um, pretty sure we'll, you know, he'll he'll be in some more some more violent action soon. But. This is a really awesome fight, though. Um, definitely one to check out if you guys missed. Um, so shout outs to both Duke and Wa and Terry on Ware for for putting on a, a great fight. Um, and rounding out the main card, which is only four fights, which I greatly appreciated. Uh, Leon Edwards and Peter Sabata. Um, what what do I what do I have for this fight? I. There was something in me while I was watching this that, like, I, well, for one, I guess I'll get this point out the way. It was awesome that Edwards won with four minutes and 59 seconds into the uh, third round. So he literally won the fight on TKO with one second left. Right. <laughs> so, and that happened twice at, in this card. Uh, the other fight we'll, we'll get to when we uh, get into the prelims. Um I don't know if it was because of maybe uh, Sabata's threat with the grappling. I I I I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I was expecting more from Leon than what I got. I don't know if maybe I was too harsh. I mean, he did drop him in the first, um, relatively quickly, and then he almost got his arm snatched off, but he got out of that. Um, like he he got off some good strikes, but I don't know. I guess I just I thought I was gonna get more, and. Maybe the fight went to the ground a bit more than I thought, too, because Edwards was going for takedowns. I mean, and he get him. And, I mean, I, I guess I can't complain because that kind of won him the fight. I mean, he got him down, beat him up, and with a second left, <laughs> the ref stopped it. Um, I don't know. It's something, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I expected more out of this fight than what I got. But I don't know if maybe my expectations were too high or, I, I don't know. But, I mean, it, it wasn't like a bad performance from from Edwards. I, I guess I just, I thought I was going to get a bit more than what I got. I don't know. Maybe I'm too hard. Uh, no, like, Ed, Ed, Edwards, his problem has always been volume. Like, he, he is very much a sharpshooter in a division where you really just probably can't be a sharpshooter unless you literally, if, uh, unless you have, like, one hit knockout power, which he kind of does, but doesn't really. Like, we saw him drop Sabata here, but Sabata recovered like, really quickly 
get shot up the arm bar attempt. Um, since losing to, um, what's his name? Was it Usman or was it somebody else? No, he did. Yeah, he did lose to Usman, but I'm, I'm trying to think of like when he started changing his game. Okay, it was Usman. Since losing to Usman, he's become much more like wrestling focused. Um, like he, he took down Tumanov and you know submitted him. He took he turned the fight with Vincent De Luque and Brian Barberena into like grappling matches. Um, this is probably the most we've seen of his striking in a while. Um, him dropping Zabata, but um. He's really struggling between trying to find the medium between the two. But instead of fixing the problems he had with his striking, um, you know, the the uh, the, the lack of volume, uh, the way uh, the way he served, the, the, he, he just kind of folds to pressure, too. But uh, he's instead tried to become, you know, a better wrestler, a better grappler, and it kind of worked in his favor here where he was able to Get Sabata's back and just beat the crap out of him, and get the finish, uh, the buzzer beater finish. But other than that, um, it's worrying because like you look at the top of the division, you're like, who can who 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 can he be? Like fighting like this, it's like he's not going to beat Darren Till in a sharp shooting matchup. And he's not going to out wrestle like Cody, uh, Kobe Covington, or like. Usman or Tyron Woodley, so his st- his style is working, but it's I-, I see the wall. He he's going to hit a wall real soon. Yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Like I I I watch him and like he's really talented, and I guess like based on the talent that I think he has, I just, I feel like he could do a bit. A bit more. And we're saying this after he, um, yeah, while he's on a five-fight winning streak, right? <laughs> so, yeah, like I almost feel bad critiquing him because, like, it's clearly what he's doing is working. Like, you're 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 winning, you know, against you know pretty solid competition, and you're being pretty consistent. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's just because I I feel like he can do a lot more, and I just I, I want to see him. I guess I like, take like that next step, and I, I feel like he can do it, and I'm, I'm just waiting he for actually do it. Yeah, I'm waiting for like that breakout moment where like he he hits that next level because I, I feel like he can. But um, but I mean not not to criticize the performance. He he did what he needed to do to get the mm-hmm. win. Um, and like I said, I mean he was he was working the grappling. It definitely worked in his favor. Um, and he he did land some good strikes. Like I said, he he was a bit like sharpshooting. Felt like he was just looking for that one big punch. He he did land mm-hmm. some good shots, um, and he, he he did seem to uh, at least I thought like he, he fought with like an 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 era or aura uh, I would say for a better word uh, like confidence about him. Like he, he he seems pretty confident in what he's doing. So I mean that you know we'll, we'll see how far that can carry him. But he he did have a, a good performance. I don't want to diminish like what he did. Um, I guess I'm just mm-hmm. like I said. I'm just I'm waiting for that that breakout moment. And I feel like he has it in him, and I'm just I'm just waiting to see mm-hmm. it. But he took Sabata down. He did what he needed to do, and mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of buzzer beater finishes like this uh, in the UFC. Even though we got him twice on this card, but um, still good good performance from Edwards. He called out mm-hmm. Till uh, in the post fight. Uh, not sure if they'll give him that fight, but I do want to see him against like that next. Mm-hmm. 
level of competition just to kind of see like kind of gauge where his ceiling is see where he is in in comparison to like the you know the top top guys in, in this division um but we'll we'll see so good good performance from uh from edwards um that was pretty much the main card um oh i lost the card let me go back uh so that was the main card uh, so we will we'll go down to the prelims. Uh, some of these fights <laughs> ended pretty quick. Um, <laughs> Charles Bird, uh, John Phillips. Um, Bird wasted no time in this fight at all. Um, he immediately shot for a takedown, which he got. Uh, took Phillips down and just kind of proceeded to beat him up. <laughs> just, just beat him up. Uh, eventually took Phillips's back, got a rear naked choke, and got on out of there. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to analyze the fight. Just it didn't go that long. <laughs> Bird just kind of got him out of there. I, I guess quick note though, I, I didn't know. So uh, John Phillips used to go by the White Mike yeah. Tyson, which I guess he dropped that moniker. Yeah. Um, yeah, and unfortunately for him, uh, he didn't really get to throw his hands at all <laughs> so I, like he he got taken down pretty quick and that was just kind of the end of that um, right um but really quick just like again it, it just seems more and more obvious that the the contender site the contender fight series dudes are just way ahead of um the dana white looking for a fight guys <laughs> I would agree. Like I don't see why that 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 should replace the Ultimate Fighter. But hey, I guess you need programming on Fight Pass. So. You need scripted programming. Guess all those ads. But it it worked. Hey. Where's he from? Oh no, he's from Dallas. Something like that. Uh, it, when um, you let Shelby and Maynard actually scout the guys you're gonna go watch. Or uh, you tend to end up with a little better product. Yeah, I mean, your, your debuts don't... Because I think this was his... Was his debut? It was both of their debuts, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Phillips is yeah. like a cage warriors guy, I want to say. Yeah. But uh, debuts don't get much better. You go in, you get the guy, take him down, beat him up, get him out of there. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically left with no injuries. <laughs> I don't even think he took like a single hit. Um... So yeah, shout outs to to Charles Bird, quick victory, quick W. He can go home and enjoy the rest of his day. <laughs> Speaking um, of quick, oh man, this next fight, uh, uh, um, oh, you know what? This isn't the fight I was talking about. Um, but this next fight was pretty vicious. Um, Danny Roberts and Oliver Encamp. I feel like we were recently talking about Danny Roberts. Uh, I think it was in relation to uh. Fucking Mike Perry. Okay, yeah, yeah. I knew, yeah, I knew we, we brought him up recently. Um, but uh, Danny Roberts, uh, coming off the loss to Norlene Taleb, uh, this man has come back with a vengeance. <laughs> not not a ton. I, I feel like not a ton happened, I thought, in this fight much until the end. I mean, in camp, a uh, lot, of, lot of kicks thrown as he, you know, He's a uh, karate style. Uh, he was trying to get off some leg kicks. Uh, 
you you could tell in this fight it was only a matter of time before that left hand was going to put things to, to bed because he he caught in camp with a clean left in the first uh closed distance really fast and got that left hand off and um, i think they had clinched for a little bit after that but um yeah he was able to just get in really quick at that with that left and just kind of felt like it was only a matter of time before he, he was going to be able to just put him to sleep and my god in the second round he lands it like pretty much the exact same left that he landed in the first. And it literally turned Oliver's entire body around. Um, head hits the floor. Eats like one, yeah, I think he ate like one, maybe two additional punches. And then the ref kind of stopped. Uh, jumped in and stopped right. the fight. Um, did you think, I saw people saying they thought this was uh, good. That was appropriate. Yeah, because, um. Anytime you spin around, it wasn't even just a spin. It's like he spun, but when he fell, like his head kind of like, <laughs> his head kind of just like bounced off the the canvas. And I, f- I feel like if you fall and your head hits the bounce and you're not catching yourself, might be a sign that you, you're kind of yeah, out. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to complain about the stoppage. That was a nasty left from Danny Roberts. Um, you can't script a better KO than that. <laughs> Shout outs to him, man. That was that was a soul taking KO. Like that was a vicious, uh vicious KO from Robert. Um And Camp is kinda like uh Gunner if Gunner wasn't like a really amazing athlete. Or, you know, a great grappler. Which Ain't Camp is not. Um there's not really a lot to talk about, like and came back caught trying to throw one of those uh those uh teeps to the knee or sidekicks to the knee I should say. Um Roberts was happy to do that. Just blasted him. Shouts to him, by the way. He got number five on Sports Center's top ten plays. Hey. So, yeah. A little bit a little bit yeah. of shine. Um Yeah, really not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, I was kinda hoping and camp um like before he debuted in the UFC would be a little better than he turned out to be so far. You know, I was I enjoy karate. When karate guys come in, they have success. Uh, but it just does not look like he has the game to succeed at this level. Yeah, he's dropped his first two. And they're not um, the scrubs like Dorian Taleb and uh, yeah. Andy Roberts are pretty solid welterweights, but. Like the the manner in which he got beat here is just like that's a stylistic flaw more than anything else. Yeah, well, uh, I feel like nowadays more people are getting chances even after two losses. Like I say, cuts just days are just so random, so we might get a chance to see him. We again. will, but will they give um, him a step down in competition, or is he going to be, um, I don't know, freaking Alex Morano's next opponent? Right. <laughs> Somebody else will... Who's at that mid-tier level. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, as for Roberts... Uh... Keep, keep working that left hand. <laughs> Shout-outs to getting on Sports Center. That's pretty awesome. Um... Yeah, man. Not not much else to say. That was just a, a, a vicious KO. Um... So, shout-outs to Danny Roberts. Uh, this next fight... Kind of hurt my feelings. <sighs> Danny Henry... Hakeem Dabadu. Um, so I was at work 
in real time when this happened, I was at work during the Roberts and Camp fight, and I was like, I think I was like halfway home, and I was like, I should be able to get home in time to at least catch this fight, assuming it goes, you know, maybe like two rounds or three rounds. I, I should at least be able to catch like the tail end of this fight. Uh, when I got home, <laughs> and I, I refreshed her dog on my phone because I was wa- watching the play-by-play. And the fight ended in 39 seconds. Um, uh, Dawadu, who came over from World Series of Fighting, had a, uh, a few good performances over there. Um, so I was really looking forward to what he, uh, seeing what he was going to do in the UFC. Um, I wasn't really familiar with Danny Henry at all. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect from him. And he gave me a right hand that <laughs> put Dawadu down. Uh Went in for the guillotine for a second because uh, they were scrambling. Uh, I thought Dalvadu was maybe going to be able to fight the hands off and you know get his wits back, but man, Danny, Danny put the, the squeeze of death on that guillotine, and it seemed like Akeem was trying to tap. I thought, and like before he could even tap, he just went yeah, to sleep. Especially um, the, like right at the end there. Yeah, like his hand was in like the motion to tap, and then he just kind of went limp. Um, so, yep, I mean, nothing to really analyze. Props to Henry. Knocked him down, took his neck, and literally just got him out of there in under a minute. Yeah, so this is like two in a row for Henry in the UFC. Uh, he beat Daniel Tamor. David Tamor is a little brother. After basically getting the crab beating him in the first round and then coming back and just beating uh, and dominating the last two against Tamor. Uh, from what it looked like, Dewadu thought he was going to just counter Henry's right hand with like a left hook. But Danny Henry's a six foot featherweight. So that right hand comes in long. And he's like he is um he's not fast, but he has that pop on his punches. Where like it hurts if he like it 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 it, it kind of it's surprising speed I guess. Um yeah, no, no whole shit's in the analyze. Uh, just like a really good read from Henry uh, came in behind the double jab and just exploited the uh, Wadu's. Um, I don't think that's a game plan, but uh, I guess thought process where I'm not going to get this man's timing. I'm just going to counter him immediately and get out of here real quick. So, also re- really yeah. good freaking like follow through with that guillotine because they went da- like uh the water tried to like uh roll out of it like three three times before he eventually just got choked out right yeah he was not letting go he was he was determined to get him out of there that's um, a grip yeah that, that is a grip <laughs> so shout out to danny henry uh still looking forward to dalvadu's next fight uh but yeah, unfortunately, it did not go his way. Um, uh, this next fight, Paul Cred and Magomed uh, Ankalev or Ankalev. 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 I don't know. That sounds close. <laughs> um. Uh, pretty much uh, come back of the card. Uh, another buzzer beater, but. This one, I think, <laughs> holds a bit more weight 
uh, than uh, Edwards because Craig was losing <laughs> pretty much all of this fight. Um, Magomed was taking him down, beating him up. It, it seemed like Craig just kind of had no way out. Like he was just kind of in there just, you know, just trying to just survive and just, just make it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. Like Magomed really was, like I said, just taking him down, beating him up. And then in the third round, in the, in the waning moments, <laughs> um, I, I think, I, I'm wondering if, if Magomed knew the fight was about to be over, because there was a point, like, right before the finish, where it seemed like Craig was definitely, like, trying to control his yeah. wrist to get the triangle to go up, and Magomed was just kind of, I don't know if he didn't know what was going on, if maybe he was kind of just chilling because he knew the bell was about to ring, but, um... And that split moment, like, he got the wrist control, got a little bit of space to throw the legs up, and in that quick a second, triangle, literally one second left in a fight that he was clearly going to lose. Um, and, like, he was getting beat in that third. Like, Magomed clearly won the first two. And then, like, in the beginning of the third, he came out winging. Like, he was trying to get Craig out of there. Like, so props to Craig, man. Like, he... Like I said, he was losing like 99.9% of this fight. And in the one moment where he got his opportunity, he threw up the triangle and he got the W. And I think he avoided a skid because he, he had lost, was he two straight before this? Two straight. Uh... Yep, two straight. He lost to Roundtree and right. Pedro. So he avoids a three-fight skid and, a, a, a you know, Avoids it by being an opportunist. The the fight isn't over until it's over. <laughs> he uh, you know, it, it sucks for Magomed because like he put on this good performance for the majority of the fight, and then you know you have this one this one lapse, and you you get you get choked That's out. The fight game, but, bro. Um, <clears throat> yep. <laughs> uh, I will say, I I was super impressed with. Uh, uh, Ankalev, I've been putting together like a 205 list of guys like um, who the UFC should sign because their division sucks, and like most of them are guys, some of them are guys that he's beaten, like pretty one-sidedly too. Um, for so, uh, like when I first watched this fight, I didn't know how tall Ankalev is. He's six two, because standing next to Pearl Craig, he looked like a middleweight in terms of like height. Because Paul Craig is like 6'4", which I did not know. Um, but the, the one thing I want to point out that I can add to this is that so at some point in the second round, Ankarev was on his like on two knees, and I, I think Craig was either sprawled out or like going for God knows what. But Ankarev grabs like, manages to get both his hands together below, like, um, Craig's ass, and proceeds to lift him up above his head on two knees, and take him <laughs> down. And I'm like, at this point, I knew he had, because I watched this, like, you, I was at work while this was happening live, so I watched this on, um, I watched this later, so I knew he lost. I'm like, how did this man lose this fight? <laughs> But no, like you said, a great heart shown by Craig in the awareness to realize that you know 
The fight, it doesn't matter if there's only two seconds left in the fight. The fight's not over until it's over. Um, sucks for Ankara, because like, he looks like a good like, heavyweight prospect, and like a, a win here would have been good uh, good for him, and probably for the division overall, but uh, I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sucks, because this would have made him 10-0, and had he just not gotten choked out, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, at, at two hundred five, yeah, he'll he'll have another chance to come in and probably slam another dude to a right, right. Um, but yeah, great, great on Craig, man. That's it's it's not over till it's over. That's the moral of the story. So shout outs to <laughs> shout outs to Craig. Uh, yeah, great, great heart, just really gutsy win. Um, all right, these next two fights. I watched them. Unfortunately, I don't remember them all that well. I don't remember. I, I watched like the first fight around the Cage and Johnson fight. I, I'm going to assume we just went the way I think it went for the rest of the fight because I stopped it. So I'm not wasting my time with this. Uh, so <laughs> I'll just give the bits and pieces that I remember. Uh, Johnson, yeah, Johnson and Stephen Ray. Um. The first round, I don't think, was not a ton really went on. Both of them seemed to be just have a really kick-heavy game. But not a, a ton, I remember, going on in the first. Um, in the second round, John uh, caught him with, I want to say, a right. And he stunned him. He got him up against the cage. Um, I don't remember much. I know he, I think he, he stunned him in the, in the second. Um, Ray came back uh in the third had a pretty good third round but yeah i don't remember like the the details much of this fight um it was really close probably could have made an argument for either kajan ended up uh getting a split decision and then he <laughs> in his post fight interview told the crowd they should be ashamed of themselves for booing uh, <laughs> uh told them they should be ashamed of themselves you know they're they're martial artists and they're putting their bodies on the line and you got suck for booing pretty much. What a tri-star uh, thing to say. <laughs> but, um, like I remember, like it wasn't a bad fight, wasn't a, a great fight, but it, it was really competitive. Like I said, it was it was back and forth. It was pretty close. Um, probably could have went either way, but Kajan edged it out. Um, so I mean, yeah, unfortunately I don't don't remember much of the fight in in detail. But uh, shout outs to both of those gentlemen. Uh, and the last fight, uh, which we will cover, Dmitry Sosnovsky and Mark Godbear. Um, fortunately, I don't remember much of this fight either. Um, just remember Dmitry choking him right. up. Right. Um, <laughs> That's all I got. It's really, it's really weird because like Sosnovsky was one of the dudes I was big on two years ago. So you know, divisions changed a little bit since then. Uh, came back, got. Like, he got, like, two takedowns off of, like, lateral drops. But, like, Godbeer was able to reverse him and out-grapple him for, like, significant portions of the the fight. Um, like, he... There was that one point where Sosnovsky went for, like, a scarf hold from, like, like side control. Like, he gets... Like, he gets off of um, Godbeer's hips and kind of just jumps for a scarf hold. Which is where you go, like if you're on their right, if you're on your right side of the the person that you're on top of in side control. If you were to just like 
take your left hand and try to go underneath their head and grab their arm and like come up that way. So basically, like it's like you're giving up your back. Hmm. And, and like you see it from like Judica, all, like Ronda Rousey did it. Um, Alexei Olenek has a submission in the UFC by Scarfold, I believe. Um, but like here, he jumps from side control, like jumps at his head <laughs> to grab it, and Godbeard just reverses and takes his back. It's the most funniest thing I've ever seen. But um, but now he like he eventually gets right and gets the renegade choke and uh. That's just life. I don't know why. If maybe it was just a big cage, but like he he looks small for his division too. So it's not oh, so it's not ski. Huh. I don't know why. He's six oh, three. He should he shouldn't look small. He seemed pretty thick though. At least one right. Yeah, probably like a, just one of those really dense, <laughs> one of those really dense guys. Um. But yeah, that was the card. <laughs> it, went, it went by pretty fast. Like, I mean, even though, I, like I said, in real time, I missed most of the prelims. So, um, I didn't get in the house until like around, I think, the Roberts fight. But um, yeah, man, like the, the card went by pretty fast. Um, I feel like we say this in a lot of cards for for lack of star power and names, it was still pretty entertaining. The UFC um, doesn't have any stars. Let's be real. <laughs> but um you know I, I was pretty entertained throughout the card the fights that i was that i was looking forward to um pretty much like all delivered uh you know the main event was you know it was a heavyweight fight but hey man volkov won so i was i was pretty happy um yeah i, I thought this 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 card delivered man i i got a i got a nice dose of of violence for my my Saturday evening, so I, I don't really have any complaints. Uh, this car um, this car was good because one, it was a fight pass card that came on at two o'clock in the afternoon, and, and we all got to like do whatever after seven thirty. Right. <laughs> and two, we we had a week off, and it wasn't part of the thirty week barrage that was the beginning of this year, where there's just a card. After a card, 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 after a card. <laughs> right. We got a chance to breathe. It's, it, it's amazing breathe. what a little breathing room would have done. Because, like, if this was, like, if this had come on last week after, uh, what was the last? I don't remember the last card before. It was 222. Oh, yeah. I, I would have been, I'd have been, I'd have been through with yeah, it. Yeah. Like, like, I would not, I, I'd be not as up on it as I am. Yeah. So yeah, as much as I complain about the break, I love watching fights. They're they're much needed. They are much needed fights. I mean, much needed right. breaks. Right, and we got one coming up. Oh yeah, Good. we we're we're getting closer. Good. We are getting closer. Two weeks. Oh man, oh man, this is this is gonna be fun. I might. This is gonna be. I, fun. I don't know if I'm gonna go because it's right there in Brooklyn. 223, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna see if the price of tickets goes down a little bit, and then I'm gonna, I might be gone. So I'll um, they'll be getting my money this card. I'm um, I'm, I'm I'm dropping the 60 on this. You guys don't get it often. 
this 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 will be the time. <laughs> this this will definitely be the time. And praying to God that to be or either one of them doesn't slip or fall down a set of stairs or something or, before this or fight. Or kick happens. one of those damn pipes too freaking hard and bust his leg open. Right. <laughs> so Yeah, Tony Ferguson out here doing anime training. Um but yeah, man, Habib and Tony, April seventh. It's not that far away, man. We're almost, we're almost there. Like when they when they showed the promo, oh man, I was I was so ready. This is the best fight the UFC can make, people. Yeah. So this this is like, I feel like this like Habib and Tony, and then fights like uh, Holloway and Ortega, like these fights of that caliber don't come around that often, like. These these are must see, you know. We're not gonna get another Habib and Tony like a fight of this much talent and magnitude. Like we're not gonna see another one of these for a long time. So, you you you, you have to watch this. Like if you're a fight fan, you you need to be in front of a a screen when this is on. You, there's there's no you have no excuse to miss this fight. Um. So yeah, that's that's coming up April seventh. Um. We're actually not doing terribly bad on time, so I guess I was gonna ask you real quick because I I know you you watched it. Um, how how was all the the wrestling from last night? I saw you and Stokes going back and forth. I wasn't watching, so I had no idea what anybody was uh, talking about. Uh, <laughs> Stokes is a Penn State hater. Uh, I spent two years at Penn State. It was it was awesome. Um, right when like David Taylor and Ed Ruth and uh, all those guys were like really taking over with the wrestling. So it just, so Penn State ended up win, uh, winning the national t- uh, team t- championship over Ohio State. Ohio State, of course, being the home of one Kyle Snyder, um, Olympic gold medalist, two-time uh, world champion, and now three-time NCAA heavyweight champion. So shouts to him. Um, as for wrestling, it was amazing. Every year, it's always a ton of fun. Uh, I imagine this is what other people in, feel like watching the bowl game, like the bowl games. Uh, Probably, yeah, I, I can see that. Shouts to Bo Nickel, who, after getting taken down, just hit a reversal for two and then got the pinfall. Well, like, uh, I'm not well, ver- like, Stokes knows more about wrestling than I do. But the, the freaking. Um, I don't even know what it was that, like, where he just turns him over and gets the pin with his arm wrapped around his head. It's, it's like next level stuff. Um, Shouts to Nick Soriano. He, he ended up losing. Spencer Lee beat him on points, but like, runner up, not bad. Um, I say shouts out to him because one, he goes, he's from Rutgers, he's from Jersey. We actually went to the same high school. Um, so shouts to him. Um, shouts to Zane Rutherford, the other dude besides Kyle Snyder, who became a three-time champion, one of the greatest uh, collegiate wrestlers of all time. Joins Ed Ruth as the only the second dude from Penn State to ever win three national titles. Um, well, who else? There was a lot. There was a lot, a lot of repeats last night. Um, like. Oh God, I'm same shit with names. Uh, 
uh, Vincenzo Joseph to beat the number one dude in the country, uh, Isaiah Martinez to get his uh, championship uh, to win his second, I think. Uh, Zahid Valencia, who became the first Arizona State University uh, champion since 2011. So I expect to see him in like the UFC or Bellator in like eight years. Because that's how these things go. I mean, he has to have, like, Cain Velasquez and Ryan Bader in his ear, right? <laughs> oh, Cain Velasquez. Hope he's, hope he's up walking somewhere. Uh, Jason Nolf took his second title. So, yeah, it was good times. It was great times. I gotta, I gotta get more into, into I mean, even if you... Even if like, you just like, watch like the finals every year, like like you you'll enjoy yourself. It's a good time. Yeah, I think the only part I, I saw a snippet of one of Snyder's matches um, that I watched last night. Um, yeah, like like it always looks fun. I just I I don't understand the rule set, but it just looks fun. It probably would be one of those sports where I wouldn't know what's going on, but I'd watch it just. Like, Wrestling is weird because like I I have this idea of how like grappling is supposed to look from jujitsu. Like uh, I I started jiu-jitsu before I even um, despite going to a wrestling high school before I even saw my first wrestling match so like when I see guys like give up their back because they're able to um, you know they they can like spin around for two or whatever or like grab around the waist and just like wrench a guy over and get two points for that it's it's still a little jarring but it's just fun it's a a lot more action oriented than um than uh, I, I guess jujitsu is in terms of pace. Oh, I have to check it out. Twitter seemed to have all the highlights. Actually, no, it, it came on ESPN. Yeah, it was on ESPN night. too last night. Um, okay, yeah, I probably can just rewatch it on there. Then. Um, so yeah, shout out to that. Yeah, it, it seemed like a pretty like big deal. Like everybody I saw was tweeting about it. Was just like going off every yeah, match. like uh, <laughs> Snyder for yeah. example. Snyder dudes two hundred twenty something pounds. Dude, he went up against was like two hundred and eighty-three pounds. Yeah, no. It, it, so did the did the heavyweight not have? Yeah, like it's two hundred eighty-five pounds. Oh, okay, all right. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, Snyder doesn't wrestle a heavyweight in the because uh, he's an international wrestler too. Like I said, he's a gold medalist from um, twenty sixteen. He won the world title, uh, world championship last year. Um, but like he he doesn't really act, like he does like his weight class doesn't exist in the NCAA. So he just wrestles a heavyweight. So like every year he's going up against these like two hundred eighty-eight pound behemoths. Like last year, he, I can't uh, Nick something. He lifts this two hundred and seventy, two hundred sixty pound dude above his head before putting him down. Hmm. Like, dude, like, God, I want to be like Kyle Snyder when I grow up, like. <laughs> I know I'm like, I know I'm like so, three years older than him, but like, come on. So was was was, was somebody from Bellator in the crowd? They always try to get wrestlers, or they just give it. Uh, up? I'm trying to think. Like, there are probably some dudes they can sign. Like, there are a whole bunch of all Americans from Ohio State. Um, any of these dudes who aren't going to try out for the Olympics are probably on their radar. Go on there, Bellator. Throw some gloves at somebody. Um, Isaiah Martinez, who is a senior, he is actually from. The area in um, California where they have Tachi Palace fights, he's connected with all those dudes, so he might be a dude we see eventually. 
uh, wrestles at 165 pounds, I assume he'd be a welterweight. There we go. Bellator, we're giving you guys free uh, free scouting reports. <laughs> yeah, I, I, man, Coker's a California dude. I'm sure he knows Martinez. Oh. I, I want to see them sign one new person worth getting excited over, like sometime soon. But, um, I feel like they just signed somebody. I was really excited. They just signed the Bama champions. The, the, the featherweight and the lightweight one. I can't remember their names, but they signed them. Was Pimblet one of them? No, ba- uh, Pimblet's and Cage Warriors. Oh, okay. Okay, got more to mess up. All right, at least they're out there doing something then. That's, that's, that's what Bama partnership paying off. Oh, and I just saw a quick note about uh, Volkov. Uh, I guess at the press conference, he did say he wants a title shot next. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> right. <laughs> there's that. Um, God, I feel like there's something else I wanted to mention briefly, and I cannot remember what it was. Um, uh, and it wasn't the Floyd MMA thing, because I don't really care about that. We didn't even mention no. that, did we? I don't think no. so. No. Yeah, and for anybody who cares... Floyd, Floyd apparently uh, training in MMA, according to his bodyguards or something. His, uh, his wrestling's a seven out of ten, or whatever that. Why is. his bodyguard now? His, body car- his bodyguard can't see his own feet. How am I, how, how am I supposed to know how, what his opinion on wrestling means? But uh, yeah, apparently that's that's the thing. Uh, he, he said he's gonna train for like six months or something like that. He'll I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. God, I'm I'm definitely forgetting something. There's something I don't think it was even crazy important, but I wanted to mention it. And I can't remember what it is. Was it the dude who tried to argue with Shayna Baszler on Twitter about like whether or not a Kamora could break your arm? No, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> no, I think I missed that one. Uh, I did see I did see her arguing with somebody, but it wasn't about the Kamora. At least I think it was Baszler. Because somebody on Twitter was talking about, like, the relationship between, like, wrestling and MMA. Oh, that was, I know what um, you're talking about. That's, like, um, fucking Jonathan Snowden or something. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm not a Snowden that. fan, by the way, but Jonathan mm-hmm. Snowden, uh, he's the lead editor or something for, um, or re- lead reporter for Bleacher MMA. Oh, okay. That's all that. No, my old man memory is failing me. I don't remember what it is I wanted to mention, so whoever it was, I apologize. I don't think it was even anything crazy. What, 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 was it your hometown team? Was it UNBC or whatever? Oh, that's that's going to be the shout-out. We're, we're definitely going to get there. <laughs> that was that was a big deal. That was a very big deal here. Um, a lot of happy faces at work. Uh, none, none of us any anybody who saw that coming is lying. No, none, none of none. Well, except for the one was it a senator, somebody here, some political dude put out a bracket. And he picked it, but he probably just picked it just because of hometown bias. But I, I guess you got to give him the credit anyway because he got it right. <laughs> but uh, I, th- I thought there was another. Yeah, uh, this it, it is what it is. Um. So yeah, that was uh UFC Fight Night 127. Uh, in two weeks' time, Habib versus Tony's going down. Uh, 
Joey, if you're listening, we, we're getting you on for that one. So clear your schedule. Um, whatever you're doing that Sunday isn't important. It really isn't. So, yeah. So uh, get your get your microphone ready. We're we're definitely uh, we're definitely all talking about that. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, so as always, before we close out, uh, parting shots and shout outs. So um. Yeah, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, my shout-out is going to the Retrievers of UMBC. For people who don't know, that is University of Maryland, Baltimore County, which is about uh, 30, 35 minutes away from me, something, something, something like that. Um, but anywho, uh, if you've been living under a rock, or maybe you just don't watch basketball, which some of us don't, um, but March Madness. College basketball has been going down this month. Um, it has been a wild tournament. <laughs> um, I've I've been in my feelings a couple couple of these games. Uh, shout out to my Longhorns who lost to Nevada and a heartbreaker. But um, yeah, man, this, this tournament's been crazy. A lot of good games, a lot of close games, a, a lot of classic moments. Which I'll I argue this all the time. I think in in my opinion, in in terms of sports, not not combat sports, but in terms of sports like basketball, football, hockey, you know, whatever, whatever, I, I believe March Madness, in my opinion, is the hardest tournament to win. It's because these upsets just seem to come out of nowhere. And you never know what school that you never heard of might come out of nowhere and give you the blues. Um, and in that case, <laughs> really a few schools found that out, but one in particular, UMBC, number 16 seed, uh, beat the brakes off of not just the number one seed in the bracket, but this was the overall number one team in the country. Uh, UNBC Retrievers got the University of Virginia Cavaliers out of here uh, in a 74-54 blowout win in the first round of the tournament. Uh, this is the first time in men's history, and I need to emphasize this because, fun fact, I don't think people know, because um, a lot of people are saying this is the first time ever that a 16 seed has beat a number one seed. That is, in fact, not true. Um, it's the first time in men's basketball that has happened. But uh, I guess in the light of Women's History Month, we have to give <laughs> them credit because they did this like 20 years ago. The University of Women's Harvard team uh, beat Stanford. And Harvard was a 16 seed. Stanford was a 1. Uh, so this is the first time, at least in men's history, that it has happened. But um, shout-outs to the hometown team. Um, did not see this W coming. I was pretty sure Virginia was going to run UMBC out the stadium. Um, but it was the opposite. And so now UMBC uh, plays Kansas State actually today. Um, well, they play later on this evening at 745. So by the time you guys hear this podcast, it'll already been done and passed. But um, yeah, man, that was a big win for UMBC. Um, really good look for that school. Um it, that's that's awesome. Like, and regardless of what happens to them for the rest of the tournament, whether they play Kansas State and get smoked by forty or thirty points, like you guys are in history books. That's that's a huge win for anybody who was like a part of that win, from the coaches to the training staff. Like, that's something you can hold on to like for the rest of your life. Like, that's that's a memory that like no nobody can take that from you. And, sh- and shout outs to whoever runs the UMBC Twitter page. <laughs> They have been going off these last two days, 
and it has been fun to watch people getting arguments with them. Uh, but yeah, man, shout outs to UNBC, man. That's that's a good look. That's an awesome win. I wish I would have stayed up and watched that game, but I'm old. By the time that game came on, I was like just going to sleep. I woke up and saw it on my phone, but um, yeah, that was awesome. Um, uh, once again, shout outs to my homie Scott Noble. As I mentioned earlier, if you're in Atlantic City, March 24th, CFFC. Um, oh God, I, I clicked off the banner. Um, <laughs> he has a fight March 24th in Atlantic City uh, at the Borgata Hotel and Spa. So shout out to Scott Noble. Best of luck. Go on there, do work. Get on World Star again for kicking somebody in the head. And uh, got you on the 20. I'm definitely buying your shirt. I have not forgotten about you. And um, nerd shout out to all my Dragon Ball Super fans. It's ending um, soon, right? That last episode. It's ending huh? soon, right? Yeah, um, next uh, week, last episode. But my God, the episode from last night, man. Whew. I'm, 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 I'm kind of different because I know everybody else. You guys have been watching this since the beginning. I'm one of those guys who had to play catch up because I didn't start watching until about a month ago. Mm-hmm. So within a month, I watched 130 episodes now. This tournament has been like the best thing in like Dragon Ball history. It's been so epic. And last night was just a continuation. Of course, I'm not going to spoil it. But, yeah, if if you're like me and you waited a while to watch Dragon Ball Super, I'm telling you right now, you got to just get into it, man. Like, the first two arcs, if, you, if you've watched Resurrection F and Battle of the Gods, if you watch the movies, then technically you can skip, like, the first 39 episodes. Um, but, man, yeah, this this, this show's been fire. It's It's been awesome. And... Really looking forward to see what they're gonna, how they're gonna end this, because the last episode definitely threw a nice curveball at the end that I'm pretty sure none of us saw coming. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's been awesome. So shout out to my Dragon Ball Super fans. And uh, yeah, that's uh, I think that's all I got. Did you hear that fans in Mexico had like the the, the episode spoiled for them because they did a news episode on like a, a, a on a leak. What? <laughs> that's crazy. That's ah, uh, that is so not right. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Um, uh, my my friend shared this with me, but shout out to this uh this um. I don't even know what to call them. Like I guess they're not like a YouTube, only a YouTube channel, but um, shout out to this web series uh, Afrolet, where they just have um, it, it's basically a. A series of like African artists, uh, not art, authors, writers, uh, talking about just like books and um, by black authors, like uh, the first episodes, uh, poet uh, Asatawa, uh, reading, uh, explaining her feelings on Tar Baby by Toni Morrison. So, you know, if that's up your alley for like a literature person, uh, definitely give it a look. Um, and I He's gonna shout out to like all the NCAA people, but we already t- we talked about them and that was expressed how jazz that was for them. So you know, instead, shout to um Ryan Fest. I don't know where you are, I don't know what you're doing, but shouts to you. You you should have blown up. <laughs> Did you go back and listen to something? Uh, uh, this is I've had this on this. I have a bunch of notes for just random shit to talk about in this podcast. <laughs> um, and Ryan Fest is currently number one. 
uh, rappers who should have blew up Ronfest. Oh, I mean, man. no, Ron Fest is dope though. Actually, I do. I have I have his first two. Um, I have El Che. What was his first project? Blue, the one that had the dynamite. Uh, song. Blue collar. Yeah, I have blue collar too. Yeah, like they're both really good albums. Yeah, he he kind of doesn't. Um, yeah, he wrote the yeah Jesus Walks. He, well, he wrote yeah. Jesus Walks in like the first four Kanye albums. So yeah, so yeah. Shout outs to Ron Fest. Uh, um, I also have Cameron's album Come Home with Me. And it just says "Come Home with Me" title. And I think it was just confu- I think it was just confused because "Come Home with Me" sounds like he's begging. And it, it, that doesn't feel like Cameron. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like in his case, it's, it's not a beg. It's more of a. Is is it a demand? Is there a request? Is yeah, like... I feel like it's one of those things where you're asking, but you're not really asking. It's kind of implied that, like, I'm going to ask you this just to go through the formality, but you, you know what the business but, is. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but the cover just looks like... I think it has something to do with the cover, because the cover is just him and his son. And it, it, it looks kind of sad. It's just like, come on with me. <laughs> I don't know. Rappers in your artwork. Cameron's a weird dude. I was thinking the other day, who's gonna be the first rapper to have an iced out Infinity Gauntlet? It's gotta happen. Somebody's getting. Somebody's so making. One of these Instagram rappers. Like, you gonna see what's his face? Um. Oh, do you know who Little Zan is? Um, unfortunately. Did, did you see the story about him getting harassed by teenagers at, like, his local Del Taco? And he had to call the cops to come and, like, get, bring him to his car so he could go home. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I did not see So, that. apparently, he was in his hometown. And, um, he was at Del Taco where these girls were supposed to fight from, like, the local high school. And these these high school kids saw him, and I guess they took offense to, to what he said about Tupac. And they started harassing him. So he ran to YMCA, where he called the cops <laughs> to have them escort him to his car. Oh, boy. <laughs> what era of hip-hop fuckery are we in? Uh, that is, that's a whole nother podcast. That is... <laughs> <laughs> then you got whatever his name is, sixty nine, uh, beefing with the game. You don't want that smoke, bro. It's just gonna be the game showing up at like Takashi's hotel with like all his boys, and he's gonna beat him up with one hand while he records on the other one, like he did with what's his face. Right. <laughs> yeah. All fairness to forty Glock, apparently all his boys had guns pulled on him. Yeah, yeah, like he was he was in a lose lose. It's like you either take the ass whooping or you try to defend yourself and you get shot. Right. Huh. Yeah. Because I'm looking, I'm hip-hop. just I'm just looking at the thing because like I got the, I saw the news on like hip hop heads, I like read it, and it says little Van, little Zan escapes angry Tupac fans with help from police. <laughs> but they they put a little tag on that says escapes high school. <laughs> oh 
Oh boy, hip hop. This this been a. How did we get here? <laughs> yeah, man. This. But I mean, <laughs> to be a slight optimist, I feel like within this last like month, there's been a lot of dope albums that have come out. Um, and I guess with that saying, quick plug, I, I do have album reviews I'm working on. Every time I work on an album review, another album comes out, and then I stop what I'm reviewing to listen to something new. And I, I need to get myself out of the habit. See, of doing this is what that. happens when everybody can make, drop an album, whatever. We need like yeah, we need like yeah. Diddy to come and be like, no, your album didn't sell last time, so you have to wait. Right. <laughs> But the thing is, like, I almost can't complain because, like, the albums I've been listening to have all been good. Like, Jericho Jackson, Black Milk, um, the Fonte album that just came out, I've been listening to. Um, Murs put out an album yes- yesterday. So you're, what you're telling me is we can expect that little Boat 2 uh, review this week? Um, <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted to mention. I'm glad you just, well, it's not little Boat, though. <laughs> It, that that just triggered me. Though. So, <laughs> you you <laughs> you I think it's you because you said Joe Joey was the one who mentioned that I reviewed the Macho Man album, yeah. right? All right, so I don't know what Joey put in the universe, but this album keeps finding its way yes. back to me. <laughs> so <laughs> because the other day, shout out to my homie Davon. I was talking to him on the phone and. He was like, yeah, you do album reviews on your podcast, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, man, you do, you should probably review that Macho Man album. I was like, what? Like, where did you get that from? Like, <laughs> like what in the universe is, is put that in your head that I need to review this album? Does he... <laughs> he does. He go. does. So... <laughs> if you guys know Serial Sensei in real life, Get him. Actually, hold on. Let me, before we sign off, I'm pretty sure, is this on Spotify? Let me check my Spotify. It is because I was listening to it on Spotify. Oh, God. All right. Be a man. Review the album. (laughs) All right, people. So I'm going to say this live. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) So I got I'm I'm wrapping up my next episode. I've been taking notes all week. Um so I'm reviewing uh sometime this week. Uh Fonte's No News is Good News, uh Black Milk's Fever, and um the Jericho Jackson album with Elza and Crisis. Those are the next that'll be the next episode of reviews that's coming. And then I also have a recommendation that I still need to figure out. But um I guess after that, Macho Man is going to have to find his way into the schedule. Yes. Um, this is going to be your most uh, watched um, review ever. I promise you. Pro- it, it probably will. It, it probably will. Ma- Macho Man and... I don't know. I might... Is John Cena? Is he on Spotify? Yes. He, I'll say it. Lord. Lord. Um, I mean, what does Face help him with that one, though? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You told me. It was somebody... It was somebody... Was it esoteric? Or was it idea? No, it was esoteric because he's on the album. Bean, oh, bean All right. Jesus Christ, this John Cena album is seventeen. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, um, I guess after uh, I get these uh, these three reviews I got working on now out the way, all right. At least Macho Man's only fourteen. I I I can I can do that. 
Macho Man, John Cena, it's, it's going yes. down. Yes. Um, I don't know when, but it's 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 probably gonna happen real soon. I, I might I might do it real soon because I just I, I got to get it out the did, way. Did you hear that? Re- John Cena for like I can't remember like for one of the recent WWE games did another song or two, and Wiz Khalifa was on it. Oh no! And John Cena rap Wiz Khalifa. I'm gonna put that out there. He he, he came with the harder bars. Oh man! All right, so that's uh yeah. You guys can look forward to that. Yeah. uh. A Macho Man and a John Cena review will definitely um, they're coming. I don't know when, but they'll be here. Yay! Um. <laughs> it's like Christmas in March, right? <laughs> and I promise, I'm gonna try to be as thorough with these reviews as I can. Like, I'm gonna have to really. I can't. Be, I listen to albums Dude, at work. I'm. I don't want anybody to catch me <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> Just be like they wouldn't leave you alone so I review this album. And Macho Man is going to be on my screen. Oh, John God. C- wait, John um, Cena Bar. I'm not from Shy City, but I'm common on the corner. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so, so, since John Cena actually has an album out, does that make him a better rapper than Jay Electronica? <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> Jay, where are you at, man? Where <laughs> the world has been passing you by? It's not like he's not touring because he performs like every once in a while. He's not married. He's not married. He's not with that like rich girl anymore. So I don't know what he does for money. I don't know. Maybe maybe the touring life is just. I don't know. Everybody loves Exhibit C. He just performs Exhibit C like 30 times a night. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If if I could see Exhibit C with like a live band for that instrumental, I'd, I'd watch that. It's a great it's a great song. But, um, Lord. Yeah, Macho Man, Randy Savage, John Cena album reviews. Um, I should drop those on April Fool's. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, that's bullshit. Easter. Just come. Why, why would you do that to Jesus? <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll, On I'll, his day of resurrection. Uh, he he created these beans. He's, Macho, he's, Man, Macho he's, Man Randy Savage has always existed. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. He was the big man. Exactly. Bad. Oh, man. But, yeah. So, uh, to all the listeners out there. You got you got that to look forward yeah. to. <laughs> so, as always, this podcast can be listened to on SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and most importantly, leave a review. Please send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. I'm anticipating your questions, guys. I'm really serious. I'd appreciate it if you guys send some questions. We can have some some fan interaction. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei, and you can also find us on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And that is it for today's episode. So as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it, and hopefully we catch you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>